0: Hello and welcome to Plot Tris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we are reviewing Striking Romance by Lindsay Brooks. Mm. This book released on October 4th, 2019, so this past Friday. And so this is our new release for October. And we were given this uh, arc advanced reader copy um, for our perusal, and we decided to review this book, but so just to put it out there, because I think we have to say it, we did receive a free copy of this book.
1: We did receive a free copy of the book.
0: So this is the first in a new series. It's actually Lindsay Brooks's first book. Yes. But it's going to be part of the Rebel Girls of New York series. Yes.
1: And it is available on Kindle Unlimited, which Lane and I are experimenting with, so you can hear some of our reviews on Kindle Unlimited books coming up as and
0: well. just sort of as a, a prelude before we get into the meat of everything i will say this was much better than most kindle unlimited books i've read this is true (laughs) i really enjoyed this yeah we really liked it so um the book jacket
1: sarah fisher has never relied on anyone but herself her father pulled her out of school at 13 to support the family working in a shirtwaist factory more than 10 years of exploitation have taught her this no one is coming to her rescue If she wants labor reform, she's going to have to organize it herself. She begins a general shirtwaist strike and is determined to see it through no matter
0: the risks. Clifton Stokes is the mayor's chief of staff and Tammany Hall's rising political star. As long as he stays on Tammany Hall's good side, he may have a shot at being mayor himself. Getting involved with a Jewish labor organizer is the worst thing Cliff could do for his career. But when he sees Sarah leading a labor rally, he can't look away. When
1: Tammany Hall learns of Cliff's infatuation, they give him a choice. Convince Sarah to end the strike or watch her suffer the consequences. Cliff sets out to protect her by tempting her away from her cause. Can he seduce her to distraction or will she reform his heart? Thoughts on the, the jacket? Uh, I thought it was not too bad. I am a little confused about the Tammany Hall references.
0: Me too. I, I think usually book jackets try to be a little bit more accessible than that. Yeah. Yeah. And it is kind of an obscure reference that plays a big part in the text. Yeah. But I don't think I'd know what it was if I just like was browsing through yeah. this, which is a shame because the conflict is actually really legit in this one. Yeah. Which is one of the things I like the most about the book. Yeah. And so I get wanting to allude to it here in the jacket, but I don't think I even having finished the book really get what Tammany Hall is. Yeah.
1: Well and not only that, like he's not actually Tammany Hall's choice for mayor. Right. Right? Like his administration, the mayor's administration, were elected partially because of Tammany Hall's support, but they're not like the chosen it's not like the Cook brothers. Right. Picked him, you know what I mean? <laughs> so Anyway, um, um, I do think it does a good job of explaining what you're going to get,
0: and I think the conflict is really like well presented. I get why there's oh well they won't they yes yep. All right, so this week our randomly generated number for our own summaries was 19. Okay, so here's mine.
1: It's animal attraction for Jewish union organizer and upper crust WASP politician whose ambitions trump whose when they get going.
0: Trump. <laughs> Lane's 19-word review. Sarah fights for her rights and her life while standing up to well-intentioned but male Cliff. Bathing is important.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. And look, I know this is in New York, but we do have a New York branch of Gentleman Jackson's. Um,
0: Get pumped, workout for the mayor's chief of staff.
1: Yes. Yeah, so now we have, yes, in, indeed. And it is wrestling and boxing taught... By a plucky Jewish-Ukrainian immigrant.
0: So, apparently, Cliff's backstory is he is a well-bred, upper-crust, New York elite. Yeah. Who, during his childhood, just took to wandering the slums.
1: Yeah, well, because he was, so, he was so small. He was like a little shrimp
0: in school, and he got beaten up a lot, and his dad wasn't very supportive. So he just, in his wandering the street days happened upon this gym and really admired the men fighting in it. Yeah. And so he's been going there since he was like sixteen. Yeah. And now he is in his late thirties. No. Late twenties, early thirties. Um and he still goes there to work out, but he is not a shrimp anymore. No, he's like six foot four inches of muscle. I thought he was five (laughs) eleven. They specifically mentioned him being five eleven. That's six that in if you do the conversion (laughs) (laughs)
1: right
0: six feet four inches.
1: I'm just, oh, I, I'm
0: really glad you had re, this really specific memory that did not exist. <laughs> it says in the text, he is 5'11". He's tall, guys. Yeah. He's tall. And she's 5'2". They like harp on this. There's right. like a big disparity. I don't
1: know. For me, maybe that's, I, I don't know. I was imagining her being my height and him being...
0: A little taller. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Uh,
1: it was character identification line. Definitely. Okay. Um, so he's real built and real pumped.
0: Yes. He's like thick.
1: In the best possible way. Everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And dear dear listener, did working out with a Jewish Ukrainian immigrant possibly broaden his mind? It might have. Oh my God. Oh my
0: God. Also, she falls into the trap of um, overly curvy. Yeah. It's just not fashionable yeah. to be as voluptuous. Yeah. As she is.
1: Yeah. Although, you know, I'm th- this comes in... I'm. F- we'll talk about this later after the spoiler section. Okay. Okay. Uh, tropes. They come from different worlds.
0: Poor, but educated.
1: Tragic backstories for both. You heard about hers. Um, no, you heard
0: about his. We haven't talked about hers.
1: Well, I talked about hers in the book jacket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's had to work since she was 13 years old. Yeah. In a short factory. Um,
0: But her dad, no, but we didn't get to the, her whole family died of typhoid. So her dad was like a scholar who couldn't handle actually having to work, so the family slowly became more and more destitute, which Mm -hmm. is how she ended up working in the shirtwaist factory. Yeah. But one, there was a serious preference given to the boys in the family, and then two, everyone in the family except for Sarah and her little sister Zelda died of typhoid.
1: Yeah. So her backstory is quite tragic. His backstory is poor little rich kid. Yes. basically, which, I mean, look, I'm not saying that he doesn't have a right to have a tragic backstory, but it definitely doesn't compare to hers.
0: Yeah. Um, she's also, in the historical romance mold, very do-it-all-for-my-little-sister. Yes! Granted, it's not making a debut, but yes. she had to work from the age of 13 and couldn't get an education, and she's going to get it all for her sister, and even the striking and the working for a better wage is to make it so her little sister can live in a better yes. world.
1: yes. We have the mention of contraception, only for it to
0: be, they get too into it to remember. And I feel like that happens a lot. Like, historical romance novels, even when they, like, employ the pull-out method, or casually mention condoms, like, you can pretty much rely on the fact that that's going to be consistently used. If a big deal is made out of contraception, especially in one encounter, you can almost guarantee it's just to lay the groundwork for it not being used later.
1: Or failing or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then, of course, the usual heart comfort. Oh, can't say I hate it, Lane. I can't either. <laughs> okay. Just because they're tropes doesn't mean
1: we don't like them. This is so true. Now, as we said before, we did receive an advanced reader copy, so we don't want to talk too much about it, but there were a few problems with the copy
0: editing. I, I would say you can tell this is her first book. Yeah. Uh, in just some of the like word choices, can, kind of felt a little repetitive. You could see where she was relying on phrases that she like felt were really evocative. Yeah. Um, and there were some like grammatical and word choice, um, like what's the word I'm looking for? You put it, it's
1: just some word repetition and homonym. Oh yeah, some some homonym issues. Uh you know I don't know if this is going to appear in the final version. So... Right. We don't
0: want to harp on it too much because we know it is still actively being edited. Yeah. Um, there were also a lot of side plots. there were quite a few side plots, which isn't a bad thing, but I feel like and I don't necessarily know what I'd suggest was removed, but it was a lot it was and it, a was, lot. And it was really a true historical fiction yes. Ooh. Yes,
1: this was a true historical fiction as well as being a historical romance. I felt like I really got a lot of the history coming through.
0: And there were a lot of scenes that weren't of the two main characters together or even thinking about each other, in the yeah. f- especially in the first half of the book, yeah. um, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing, but I do think as Lindsay Brooks writes more books, and I hope she does, I really enjoyed this, um, I could see some of like the, the weaving together and the cohesion of that feeling a little bit more Just organic. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I personally really like the setting and maybe this is because I've been reading a lot of books set during in the in the town high society in London, um, you know, where everyone's biggest issue is getting married and making sure their estate stays profitable. But I really enjoyed um, turn of the century in New York City. Uh, like I said, you could tell how well researched it was without it turning into like a lecture.
0: Right, like a lot of times when you can tell an author's really done their homework, what you end up with is like a chapter that feels more like exposition of the time period than an organic part of the story, Yeah, and even though this was clearly amazingly well researched, that never happens here. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, this is a little bit, just me personally, I am from Jersey, Mm -hmm. I lived in New York for a while, I still go up there all the time, it's like my favorite city in the whole world, and I don't romanticize especially 1904 dirty slums New York in the way I romanticize like Regency England and so I definitely wasn't necessarily expected to be as like into Mm -hmm. the scene and the progressive politics as I was just because all I think about when I think of New York in that era is like soot on everything
1: yeah which
0: was not glossed over but it like was still real hot and maybe it's because there were baths (laughs) there were a lot of baths in this book Which both helped the sexiness. Yes. And my personal ability to detach a little from the grime of the scenery. Yes.
1: Yes. So, yeah, really enjoyed it. To me, it was sort of a unique setting. It was. And I I have actually read books set in a similar time period in in New York, but it's more like the Knickerbocker High Society. So this was a change from that as well. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of um, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. But in a good way, like a really good way. You know what I mean?
0: I'm hosting my first wine club that isn't a book club the following weekend, and it's the Fifty Shades of Grape Wine Club. Oh. And our first book is A Tree Grows in Bordeaux, but we're not actually reading anything. Oh, well, good. We're just, like, using book puns because the whole point is we're just drinking. I see.
1: Well, anyway, the book reminded me of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn in the best way. Good. Okay. Um... Also, this should come as no surprise to our listeners, but Lane and I think both really liked the progressive politics of the book. Yes. Um, Just loved that she was a union organizer. I really liked that Lindsay Brooks, the author, pointed out rape culture through her characters and through the setting of the book throughout the book. I mean, I just thought it was Just really well done. So, for example, um, he's like, oh, you can't walk home at night alone. And, you know, if you get attacked, blah blah." well, why is it my fault if I would be attacked? Like, that obviously is not my fault for being a woman walking at night. Um, And and he says, well, yes, well, that's true. Unfortunately, it is a fact. And so I can walk you home. So I don't know. I just really liked that this kind of thing was pointed out explicitly. Yes. Uh, Really liked that. I also really liked that she pointed out the lesser evil fallacy slash issue some people say it's a fallacy those are the people who are like you know (laughs) i will always vote i will never vote for a third party, or i will always vote for a third party candidate if they're the one that i think of whereas other people are like okay well i still would rather have the lesser evil Mm -hmm. and i think cliff represents the lesser evil like that you he says, well, you should vote for the lesser evil, whereas Sarah is more of the idealist. Backpedal,
0: because like I get what you're saying, but yes. I think it's not quite obvious in the context. Let's back, so let's back up. She is a union art organizer. Yes. That is, she works in the short-waist factories, but she is also forming an all-women's union with the goal of overturning the corrupt system, getting limited working hours, getting fair pay. She knows how much less women make than men, and she knows how abhorrent the working conditions for women are, and they mm-hmm. compare it to slavery. Cliff, on the other hand, is the mayor's chief of staff, and they are a progressive administration. Mm-hmm. And they are attempting to work on a lot of projects that will ultimately benefit the community, like improve public transportation and schools. But he's very committed to achieving those gains within the system and is willing to accept the continued subjugation of the workers yes. as like a necessary... Part of social... Like, they're not going to stand up to upturn the world order because it would ultimately undermine their efforts to make these more moderate improvements. Exactly. Whereas her attitude is... Burn it all down. Burn down the system. If you don't have equality, you don't have anything. Yep. And so, I think it was great that this was presented not as two people working at odds. Yes. But two people working on causes that the other respects. Yes. But they ultimately have different viewpoints on how to achieve things and what is of value? hmm I, I really like I it. I did, too. I think it would have been way too simple to have him be, like, a rich, upper-crust conservative. And, and her learn
1: be- through her, oh, actually, I've been supporting the wrong causes all along.
0: Right, and that's not what this is, and I really admired that.
1: Mm-hmm. And which takes us into our next uh, subject, which is the conflict of the book. Yes. Um, We have talked so many times about, like, why don't you just marry the guy, right? When a rich dude says, let's get married. I will give you lots of money that you can spend on your cause. Just marry the dude. In this case, she can't do it because that would just be a complete violation of her ideals. She'd have to give up unionizing, organizing, um... She would have to give up the strike. She would basically be abandoning everything that she had been working for for years and years.
0: And it's a little bit different to talk about a woman in 1904 America versus a member of the aristocracy in 1800s Britain. Yes. Like, clearly, Sarah has a way to make money. She will never be as affluent as he is, but she's not in debt. Like, she's... She will survive. She'll survive. And so, like, the stakes are a little bit different. Yeah. So it's more understandable to begin with that, you know, she would rather... Live in squalor, supporting herself, and have that independence. Yeah. Then, be forced to adhere to a completely different social standard to be his wife and live lavishly. Yes. Whereas I think a lot of times when it frustrates us in Britain is it's like your only option, girl, is going to be prostitution. Yeah. It becomes a very different thing (laughs) when those are the extremes. Yeah.
1: Well, and this is a book that I think is interesting to compare with. The Truth About Love and Dukes. So again, I know I keep bringing this book because up. Because it was awesome. It was a great book. But if you compare these two, in that book, the she makes a different choice. Like, she chooses to marry a duke, who also, again, let's look at the context. He, context, he cannot give up the dukedom. It's not like he can give it up. So she chooses to marry him, become a duchess, and influence politics indirectly. Through society.
0: As opposed to what she'd previously been doing, which was publishing articles. Right. right? But I think it's two ways. One, he can't give up a dukedom. Right. But two, she was already trying to cultivate power through influence. Yes. So it's just a different kind of influencing. Exactly. Whereas Sarah is a union organizer on the front lines. Like, it's not equivalent to being a schmoozing politician's wife.
1: Yep. Yes. And it's... uh, Okay, are we at the spoiler section yet? No. Okay. Okay. We're, we'll get there, I we'll promise. Get okay, there was a hint of big misunderstanding in this book. So, all the way through, there's no big misunderstanding. Like, they completely explain each other's viewpoints, uh,
0: where they're coming from, their objectives. They're both real hot and bothered by each other and yeah. are pretty frank in their discussions about their intention uh, about sex yeah. and relationships. Yes, yes. And
1: even where you think, so the book jacket kind of gives you the idea that he doesn't tell her who he is for a long time and tries to seduce her away. He tells her before they go on their first date, Mm -hmm. right? So she knows before they go out and do anything that um, he is working for the mayor, that he's on the mayor's staff. He's, He's the mayor's chief of staff, in fact. So this is not something that's hidden. It's not something that he keeps a secret from her. Uh, there is a hint of big understanding towards the end in the whole, remember how she's like, oh, I don't think he loves me. Yeah, so
0: I love you, this could have been a trope, as like the three magic words uh-huh. does come into play. Uh-huh. It is factored into her decision whether or not to marry him. It's a little bit subverted. Yes. Because it's something that there's no conflict about the feeling. The conflict is about the communication of it. Yes. But it was a little bit like, okay, this feels like an ode to the genre, but also it was unnecessary.
1: And, but, but it was also resolved very quickly. Yes. So that was also the reason why I was like, okay, fine. And it didn't stop them from getting together.
0: Yes. Which also would have. Also did
1: not stop them, which really would have really bothered me, but um, didn't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we already talked about this. History was like really well done. And now, yes, I am basing this on my 30 minute search so i was like i read the book jacket and i was like what in the world is a shirtwaist so i googled it and it took me into the world of 1900s america and and britain too and a shirtwaist is a shirt
0: amelia has a lot of shirtwaists well amelia, i don't
1: exactly know what that meant so anyway oh i googled up. it back in the day um, because of amelia that's it's the a shirt I know. but then that took me into the whole fact that like this is where sweatshops came from this is where they created them in sweatshops and this is where unions sort of arose. I mean, the, uh, unions were rising uh, as well, but this was a big part of it. And then there was this huge shirtwaist fire, and all these women died in the it. The Triangle Factory fire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I, obviously, Lane has done the shirtwaist Googling
0: Well, before me. <laughs> I did the shirtwaist Google. I also, um, as I mentioned earlier, I lived in New York City, and I lived right near where the Triangle Building had been. Yeah. So the street had like a lot of stuff commemorating yeah. it, if you like, toward the area. And I just need to state, we'll get to this in the sexiness, they also get creative with their locations.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they do have sex in a brand new subway terminal. Yes. This former New York worker cannot imagine ever wanting to take my pants off in a subway terminal.
1: See, I thought this might be the only book where hooking up in the subway station would be acceptable to you. And that is only because it had never opened and no one had ever gone through to ride a train.
0: And I agree with you. Like, conceptually, I get that this is the only acceptable time. <laughs> I'm just saying, I was someone... I wore skirts most of the time. I hated sitting down on the subway. Because I was right. like, I don't know what's been here before me. And these people were like, hmm, no pants. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> they were on the subway car. That might be worse. That's because, <laughs> I mean, people use all of it as a public bathroom, but like. But it was before they could have even done that. <laughs> Are you okay. sure? I've okay. seen some things, Meg. I saw okay. a man eat his own mustache. He plucked out the hairs and ate them while oh my I was going Okay, him. so since we're already there, <laughs> let's talk about offensiveness. Yeah. Um, this one, I actually thought that I, I knew you were going to comment. It's a very violent book. Yeah. It's quite violent. And not in a bad way. Like, there's justification for it. It's definitely worked into the plot. It's not gratuitous. But, like, there's a woman who gets the crap beat out of her. Yeah. She breaks, like,
1: four ribs.
0: And then there are several instances of men fighting and, like, bloodying each other. Yeah. And there's, like, a lot of casual physical abuse toward women. Yep. In more minor ways, so like it's totally historically accurate. Yeah, I feel
1: like, um, and I, I and wouldn't say it didn't like turn me off. And I it served the plot,
0: the but, but if you're a super violence. sensitive to violence, this has a lot of it. Yeah, uh,
1: and then there are there are just lots of again historically accurate uh, references to sexual harassment. Yes, uh, I will say there is a scene where um, a P- Tammany Hall operative comes on to Sarah. And, I mean, she's definitely, I would call it sexual harassment, but when she expresses her discomfort,
0: he totally backs off. So That was also an interesting scene because yeah. I thought it was interesting that he had disassociated his personal interest from her from their political dealings. Yeah. Like, I was waiting for there to be some sort of retribution on her for yes. that in a way that there wasn't. and. I liked that. I'm yeah. glad that that, like, sexual power play yeah. didn't really come into play with the rest of the plot. Yep.
1: Yeah. It was almost like he was attracted to her partially because of her politics. Yes. And the fact that she didn't want to be with him didn't make, didn't mean that he did not sympathize then with her politics. Yeah. You know so what I mean? I agree. Yeah. I, I again, would have been nice if she weren't sexually harassed, but if she had to be, probably the best possible outcome for it.
0: Well, and I also just don't, at a certain point, a book this cl- well historically researched concessions have to be made to facts. Yeah. like as a woman being constantly threatened for her involvement in union strikes, the fact of her powerlessness as mm-hmm. a woman in this society being coming into play from a sexual perspective as well, like, was inevitable. Right, it would have felt really inauthentic if like all mentions of sexual harassment had disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Or like all implications that you could sleep with your boss to get your wages raised. Like that's what happened. Yeah. So um are you ready for spoiler time? Can okay. we take quick yes. two minutes? Cause yes. so I'm we dead serious. To. Two minutes. We're gonna get to sexiness. So just fast forward if you don't wanna be spoiler, but we have like three things we just wanna say real quick. Okay. So first of all, Meg, you had two, I think. So
1: um Oh, yes. (laughs) So remember how I said that uh, the duke could not give up his dukedom? Yeah. Well, Cliff
0: can give up his job.
1: And he did. And I, God, I loved it so much.
0: Especially the way he kind of didn't offer it until he was sure he was going to get what he wanted in exchange for it. Not from her, but from other people. And then the second they offered, it, he was like, oh, yeah, sure, this is easy.
1: He was like, oh, I guess I'll resign. Darn, like you're forcing me to it.
0: <laughs> it was really, really cute.
1: It was so good. it It made me think of um, Parks and Rec where um he gave up his job for her. That just. Yes, Wesley, yeah, God, it's so good. So good. I love it. Okay, another spoiler. Um, remember how at the end we talked about how she didn't want to get married because he didn't say he loved her. Yeah, okay, girl, he freaking broke you out of prison. He cured your pneumonia by using, like, an experimental technique that you have to pay a million dollars for. And then he hid you at his friend's house so that you wouldn't get arrested. And you think he doesn't love you because he doesn't come visit you?
0: And at this point, she is pregnant with his child. Oh, yeah, she's prego. Because of the the fact that they just stopped using contraceptives. And here's my beef. I really didn't like that she got pregnant. Not because, and not shockingly from the place of like, I'm bored by familial drama, but because I did think it sort of undermined her decision to stay with him Mm -hmm. and continue organizing because... She even at some points thinks of it as an alternative to being a single mother. Mm-hmm. And, like, I wish they'd worked it out without that additional element in play. Yeah. Like, it just, it takes it down a notch in the sexiness yeah. factor for me. Well,
1: and I was thinking, so remember how I you said she was, like, full-figured and blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, that is probably how she kept the baby through the freaking starvation mm-hmm. of the workhouse and four broken ribs. And was- being Beaten and pneumonia
0: and yeah. I was yeah. like
1: I was like dang how did she not have an abortion like a spontaneous abortion uh, miscarriage well it must have been the only reason I could think it was that
0: she had a little bit of extra flesh on her bones <laughs> yeah there's there is no way she stayed pregnant you guys <laughs> she didn't eat for like three weeks <laughs> and she had pneumonia and she had pneumonia yeah and she was beaten to a pulp yeah she's was... unless she got pregnant that night pregnant in the subway yeah because that was that was that night. Same night. Yeah, no, there's no way she didn't. <laughs> there's no way. Okay. All right, so spoiler section over. Sexiness. I thought this book was really hot. Yeah.
1: Um, I thought that the enthusiastic consent was really, really well written.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, even the points where he, like, knew her better than she knew herself didn't come up as patronizing. No. Which I thought was really deft. It's just.
1: Yeah, I just really liked it. You know, like, like she goes over to his place to make out.
0: Against a wall. Yeah. It was great.
1: And he's like, um, why did you come over here? And she's like, well, you know, to be with you. And he's like, do you
0: want to have sex? And she was like, um, actually hadn't thought that far. My only like moderate criticisms of the sexual happenings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One, they do fight after sex a lot. They do. Which is a pet peeve of mine. But they're fighting about, like, substantial things. They're not fighting just, about union politics. They're not fighting about, like, their feelings. <laughs> so I can kind of give it a pass in that, like, they are actively trying to avoid each other and just can't. So, of course, they fight after they fuck every time. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing was I was a little bit bothered by the hookup against the table with the mirror. Because as hot as that descriptor was, that was right after she was sexually harassed. And he, like, comes to make sure she's okay. And yeah. then just, like... Bucks room or a table.
1: Okay. That was in, it was called a telephone room. <laughs> I want to know what a telephone room is right now and um, install one in my house. I actually think I know what it is. Who tell me. Because so- I, I, again, I Googled this. Couldn't find a picture.
0: I think in a lot of like old houses that have been converted into hotels and B&Bs, they still sort of have them. Mm-hmm. And they like come ac- across a lot in movies. They're usually like off the foyer and they're small like coat room size. Okay. With when the phones were huge, yeah, they were mounted in there, and there would be like a pad of paper so you could like take a phone call in private.
1: This telephone room had a mirror and a table,
0: yeah, and a chair. Didn't have a chair. Oh, I do distinctly recall because <laughs> she sort of says, "Please, what could we get up to in here with no chair or uh, bed?" Or and he's s- like, "Let me show you." Well, then he describes in it the mirror. in detail, and then he does it, which is why I'm not too mad about the fact that it was post sexual harassment and pre fight. Yeah. Because it was very good. Uh-huh. But I do wish there had been a little bit more space. be a little less anger. Yeah.
1: But they weren't encountering each other very often at this point. Because so they, they have s- such different
0: political leanings. hmm So when they get together, they have to take advantage of it. And do everything. everything. In a very condensed period of time. In a very small room. With a mirror. And a table. But no chair. And- a walnut chair and um,
1: a subway station that has never opened to the public and a bed and a bed. I mean that
0: one. Come on, like Look, actually, that might be the weirdest one <laughs> in the like pantheon of romance novels. I'm realizing this that like true. beds are the fact that their first time was in a bed. Yeah, that's strange.
1: Um, also, uh, do lemons and honey really prevent pregnancy?
0: I'm just asking for a friend here. <laughs> yeah. So, but I
1: would be interested to know.
0: I would not be surprised if the combination of honey and an acid worked as a spermicide.
1: Okay.
0: I'm sure it's one of those things that's like not as effective as spermicide. Yeah. But also spermicide did not exist. Right. And so. it was put in a sponge. So I think it's the combination of the spermicidal properties and the physical barrier. Okay. Would so you're saying guess. it probably does work. <laughs> I'm saying it probably works better than nothing. Okay. Which was their alternative? Clearly. No,
1: he had a condom.
0: No, I know, but so their alternative was condom. Yeah, I don't know if it would be as effective as a condom. Okay. But then again, I don't know how effective condoms back then were cuz like back then were because they they had like the string. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they weren't latex. They were like sheepskin sh- like an intestine tied yeah. off with some rope. Yeah. So, like we really not know. we're not working with a perfect system. <laughs> But
1: anyway, this book was, um, I thought, very hot. Do
0: you want to shove a piece of sponge soaked in honey and no, load up your vag- I and test today? I
1: told you, I'm asking for a friend who lives in the 1900s. <laughs> so long ago.
0: I'm also not a doctor, and everything I said could have been a lie. Just to be clear. <laughs> please do not use platres as medical advice. Please don't. <laughs> I mean, please use protection if that's what you want. <laughs> but. Oh my God. But maybe get that protection vetted by a medical professional and not two really thorough romance readers. I'm trying. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Oh, Guys,
1: this book is recommended. Definitely.
0: Please check exactly. out Striking Romance by Lindsay Brooks. We really, really enjoyed it. I think for a first-time author especially, like I will be seeking out her subsequent books. Yes.
1: And as always, if you enjoy our podcast, you can rate, review, and subscribe. And we will talk to you guys later.